I was uh, I, we went Minneapolis after the show, and I was sitting in there rolling up a blunt or whatever. I'm sitting at a table by myself, and I get a tap on the shoulder and say, "Hey, man, man, you mind if I join you?" I look up, it's Devin the dude. Check one two one two. What it do? What it is? What it ain't? What it's gonna hey, be? Hey, hey. It's another episode of Jazzy and Facts on Wax with special guests in the studio. DJ Wally Sparks, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello, Wally. What's up, my brother? How's everybody? Doing? How you doing? How you feeling? Doing pretty good. I feel great. Can't complain, man. You know, it's always good to see you, Wally. Yeah, likewise, brother. Likewise. Always good to see Wally. This is my OG right here, man. Is it? Wally? I love Wally. <laughs> Wally, tell him where you from. Where you from, Wally? Born and raised, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattown. Chattown. Yeah. Tennessee connection. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's he, he wanted that Tennessee. He wanted that Tennessee. He wanted Tennessee, Tennessee but Crown to do. Crown to do. Crown to do. It's a suitable replacement. Yeah. Right. How did you get started with DJM? Man, that's a long time ago. <laughs> I started like professionally when I was 19, around my freshman year in college. But I think I was DJing in my mind like way before that. In your you mind? Yeah. When I was in, say, middle school or so. Uh-huh. In the uh, early '90s, there was this uh, this this program at the YMCA called YMCA Young Black Achievers, and used to have we used to have like these little dances for uh, for like all of all the youth back then. And they they would never have a DJ; they would just like have some CD that they would loop and just play over and over and over again. Right. One day we had one of those dances, and I went, and I was like, "Yo, man, this is terrible." So I decided to go home. I went home and got my little boombox and all my cassette tapes. That's that's how old I am. <laughs> and, and came back because I had all the jams and I just started playing songs and turned it into a party. And ever since then, I've been, I've had that itch, you know. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of fell off in between then and when I actually started for real uh, after I graduated high school. But it was always there. So, how did you come up but, with your name? My name is actually Wally. I've been Wally my whole life, and I, I, my name came from a. It's from a, a Rodney Dangerfield movie called Meet Wally Sparks. Meet Wally Sparks, yeah. yeah. Okay. But the reason I actually decided to go with that name is because I was reading an article in ESPN the magazine about. Uh, you remember that white boy used to play for the Minnesota Timberwolves named Wally Zerbiak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wally yeah. was a beast. Well, when he was in college, he went to Miami of Ohio. ESPN the magazine did a they did a feature on him and the, the feature was called Meet Wally Sparks. Nice. And I was like, hey man, that sounds like a good DJ name. Cause at first I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna call myself DJ Mercenary. That's what I was gonna call myself. Okay. Mercenary? Yeah. Mercenary. Because I, I kill parties. Yeah. Yeah. And I get paid to do it. You get the pay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wally, you grew up you grew up in a church. Your yeah. dad's a pastor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're a PK? You, you, yeah. You, uh-oh. You, hey. Uh-oh. <laughs> you are, know are the you, stereotype. Are you, are you I ain't, but I know okay. about the stereotype with the PKs. Okay. Y'all What's the turn up. They turn, up. they turn up. They turn up. Oh, they the turn opposite up. of what you think a preacher's kids would do be. Do I really? Do I really turn up? Nah. Uh, I, I do and I don't. You right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm kind of subdued with mine. Like, I turn up I turn up, and when it's when it's time to turn up. Mm-hmm. And then but when you, it ain't, I'm not. But the reason why I brought that up, you played the drums, though, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, for me, I started, I played the trumpet when I was young, and I think that's a large part of our foundation of, okay. you know what I'm saying, like, getting it, transitioning into this, you know, this de- becoming a DJ. I think playing the drums helped me with, uh, helped me with you know, my rhythm, learning how to stay in pocket, because, you know, a lot of DJs, even now, there are a, lot of, a lot of DJs that sound like, you know, a derailed train, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they, they, way, they way off track 
when <laughs> when they shouldn't be. But I played drums for a long time. I think I think that foundation helped me uh not only as a DJ technically, but just from a musicianship standpoint, you know, because I had to play so much different stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I had to learn how to play different songs and different time signatures and, and different keys and all that sort of thing. So can you still kinda, play? Yeah. You mm-hmm. still can play right now. Yeah. That's crazy. What a drum day. <laughs> what, nah, a drum. what was your first DJ equipment? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I had this weak ass Gemini belt drive turntable. Ooh, the Gemini oh, the belt drive. Oh, man. Sheesh. <laughs> that shit was awful. But I mean it got the job done. Mm-hmm. I had I had that. I had a Gemini mixer. First I had like the the you remember the old like nineteen inch mixer that was like mm-hmm. this wide? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I had one of them. Uh, and then I graduated to another Gemini. It's called a PS626. Mm-hmm. And I had that one turntable, that mixer, and I had like a, a old stereo system component speaker mm-hmm. and a big ass receiver. <laughs> I used to haul that shit out everywhere, everywhere I would go. Nice. When I started doing my parties. So, but you was at that time was it nineteen, right? Yeah, I was. 19. At that time, you was um, you was shout out to my boy DJ Mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Mix. That's that's Yo, the OG. Mix, I love that's Mix. That's my OG. That's okay. So you my OG. Mix your OG. Mix is my OG. Okay, I love chat, DJ. Shout out to DJ yeah, Mix. Right? Nuka, mix is so nice. Can I brag on Mix for just a second? I'm gonna let you go ahead. I remember when I first got out there and I was seeing Mix cut. I was like, Oh my God! Oh, I gotta man. go home and practice. <laughs> I gotta go practice. Mix is probably is is an unsung hero. Just not in not just in Chattanooga, but just in the South in general. Facts. You facts. know what I'm saying? Like Mix. I, I learned a lot how to move business-wise mm-hmm. from him, watching him. You know what I'm saying? Because when I came up, Mix was the only game in town. Yeah. He was literally the only DJ in Chattanooga. Straight mm-hmm. up. Like, Straight the up. only one. And on top of that, it wasn't that he was just the only one. It's like he was actually good. Mix had a skill level where he could have competed at, like, the DMC level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he just never wanted, I don't know, for whatever reason, he never wanted to do that. You know, Mix was, was nice. I'm talking about. He probably still nice now. Mix, no, yeah. Mix is nice. <laughs> Mix, we, did a, we did a show together, like, a couple months ago. Mix still is nice. Yeah, he was, he was uh, when I wanted to come up, I, I, you know, I carried his crates. I opened for him. I did all of, you know. I'm so glad I missed that carrying crate era. Yeah, but it's a it's a certain respect for it, which I get. Be happy about it. I got back problems now. (laughs) Straight up. Tell us about those crate uh, carrying days. Like what what do you miss about it, and what do you what did you just didn't like about it? I tell you what, I do miss it. I I miss I miss the fact that it it made me think more as Mm -hmm. a DJ because I only had so much I could play. Play right. You know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I have everything at my disposal mm-hmm. all at once. Absolutely. Like, even now, like, with Serato, like, they have that title integration now. Like, I got access to the entire, I mean, the entire title library yeah. right at my fingertips. That's a game you changer. Update. You know what I'm saying? You That's did a game you did changer. <laughs> you did Damn, I got to buy title now. Shout out to my, shout out to my boy Tony at Serato. Oh, shout out to my, my homie OP over there, too, man. Yeah. But, yeah, man, when, back in those days when I, was, when I was on Strictly Vinyl, I had to make sure that I had enough music to cover four hours, and I had to make sure that the music I had to cover those four hours was the right was music. Was the right music. Yeah. yeah. I had to think about all of that. That's true. That's not the case anymore. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things I, I do miss about it is that. It made you think. Yeah, well, and I think that made, I think that, that over time made everybody that came from that era, I think that made us all better DJs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because nowadays, 
you know, some anybody can be a DJ. You can anybody. Go get, you can go to go get a controller, find somebody who's got a hard drive that's willing to sell you 500 gigs of music, and you can go do a gig. So how how you feel about that? How you feel about the transition of of, of that, that shit don't bother me, man, because mm. they can't do what I do. Mm. Trying to tell you, talk that talk, Wally. <laughs> talk that talk, Wally. You know, we need that. Is there's there's a certain there's a certain thing like if you come see me play, and you you're going to leave feeling a certain way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I do things that a lot of people don't do. Yeah. There are other people that do things that I don't do that are just as great. But when you come see me, like I'm going to give you what I give you, and it's going to be you know. Can't be duplicated. Right. You know, just, you know, you can't do whatever, whatever it is I do is something that that this person can't do or the next person can't do, whatever they do. What DJs, like, inspired you? Devin Steele. Mm. Shout out to OGs, Devin. Howard Shout out Q. to Devin Steele. Shout out to Howard Q. That's Memphis. That's that Memphis talk right now. Both of them, both of them were my OGs. Uh, that was a guy from Nashville named DJ Reggie Reg that mm-hmm. helped me out. And another dude from Murfreesboro that, uh, named DJ Trav. Okay. I never like I like I pretty much all the guys that were kind of had you know that names were ringing out in Tennessee. In Tennessee, yeah. The only person who who was kind of like talked about back then that I never got to meet was this guy named Sterl the Pearl. He was in Knoxville because mm. I never really went up that way. Up to Every, you know, I was I was always going west. Right, you know right, what I'm right, right. All those guys were sort of you know my my de facto teachers when I my freshman year in college. I, I went to Lane College, which is in Jackson, small little HBCU uh-huh. in Jackson, Tennessee. It's about forty minutes away from Memphis. For one semester. I went for one semester. <laughs> but I made so the you most said of when it. you first pulled up at Lane, you already knew. Like, yeah. I, nah, I made the yeah. wrong decision. Yeah, I, I totally did. <laughs> but, Shout but, out to Lane, though. Yeah, Shout you know, out to Lane, HBCU. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know, a different world turned me out, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to a black college. Mm-hmm. I should have went to Tennessee State, like I was planning to. Trying to tell you, baby, I, I, I almost, one of I almost the best HBCUs. I almost came yeah. to Clark. I got, I got, I still got, I still got my acceptance letters from both of those schools. That's tight. Both of them. That's, That's cool. Crazy. Anyway, but talk to wait, 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 don't move too fast about Lane because I need you to talk to us about. How you were able to miss church? I think they do church on what Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah right. Every it's every Wednesday they do. Like yeah. you have to go to church if you go to Lane, right? How were you able to skip church? I uh, <laughs> I was an enterprising young man, <laughs> and, an enterprising young man, and I figured out a way to uh, to provide a service uh-huh. for an authority figure. There it is, and, and in exchange for that service, <laughs> I was allowed. Not to go. There it is. You okay. Know what I'm Wally Sparks. My older sister, she went to school at University of Memphis, and she okay. used to work for Howard and uh, and Devin. They used to do this Sunday night at this place called Denim and Diamonds. Okay. D and D. D and D was going down <laughs> on Mount Mariah. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So she worked the door for them, and she would take me. She would come. She would come up to Lane and take me back down there, so I could go be in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's dope. But you was so, DJing at Lane though, right? Were you DJing? I, I was not kind of. I was kind of DJing, but not really. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I didn't really. I didn't really. I didn't really jump off the porch for real, for real, till I got back home. But uh, but being at Lane, that gave me a base where I could go. I could go to Memphis and see right. what they were doing, and right. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is what you know. I can pick up on new stuff that I wasn't really familiar with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm just. I'm just a kid from Chattanooga. I don't know shit about, you know, DJ Squeaky and Skinny Pimp and all that, playing fly and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? I ain't know nothing about that back then. You know what I mean? So when I came back, when I came back to Chattanooga, I brought all that back with me. Nice. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so, and I heard back then, like, you love fried chicken, Doritos, ketchup, 
and the Sprite. <laughs> that's pretty much I That just, was your kit. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, I still they eat said all that, that stuff That's now. what I heard. I said, they said, that's the only thing Wally you see. I still eat all that stuff Still now. to this day. All that stuff now, yeah, for real. <laughs> they said when you got your- I don't put ketchup on fried chicken anymore, but you know. You put ketchup on fried chicken? I used to, yeah. Yeah, I was. You know. I don't know about that, man. I yeah, know about hot sauce, <laughs> but the ketchup is kind of. We can do hot sauce. That's chat. That's chat new. Nah, it's not chat. It's a Wally thing. It's a Wally. I look at a Wally thing. That's just a Wally thing. Oh, uh, it's it's pretty tasty, man. You should give it a shot. So no ketchup on your Doritos, though. No, hell no. <laughs> that's too freaking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. But then you transition to UTC. Yeah. Uh, UT Chattanooga. Yeah. And uh, you almost finished. Yeah. Yeah. I left. I left school with like twelve to fourteen hours left. Mm-hmm. But by then you was popping as a DJ. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was paying. Was for on the radio? Up. Were you on the radio then? Not yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Uh, uh, I was trying. I was trying my damnedest to get on the radio, but for whatever reason, it was. It's so funny, man. Like I was trying to get an internship while I was in school. Uh-huh. Soon as I, soon as I dropped out of school, is when I actually got the opportunity to to mix on the radio. Yo, I begged them to give me an internship in college. They wouldn't do Niggas it. curved me. Don't curve me. And bad. We was, they curved listen, me too. They they curved you too. They curved me too. Why do you think and it was so hard to? I don't know. Like be on there. I got. At the I, time. Have, I have a theory, but it's a. No, talk to it. Kind of risque theory. Hey, talk to it. What, what you thought? No. <laughs> take another sip. Hey, take another sip. No, don't, don't, let's, talk, let's talk about theories. Let's talk about theories. These people are still friends of mine, so I'm just going to leave it there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Of so, course. But um, I'm going I'm to I'm tell you how I felt, though, because we went to the same school. Uh, we were throwing all the parties, right? And so there's no way around us. You couldn't avoid us, right? You couldn't avoid because the radio station would have events, and our shit would just... Go crazy. Yeah, smash them. It, it would go, I mean, every single time. And then I came to them, I was like, hey, I want a DJ. I want to, uh, I, whatever, for free. I just want to just get in there. And they curved me so oh, tough. I did, I, and listen, this how is they what curve they, you, all right? How they I'm curve talking you? About, they, curve me. <laughs> they curved me tough. They was like, hey, just uh, just hit us up. We'll, we'll, I was like, all right, just cool. Hit me up. And, I, and I did. I, I'm like, okay, I guess this is what I have mm-hmm. to do. Just be persistent and whatever, whatever. I'm going to tell you when they wanted to fuck with me. When they saw me, I was interviewing. I mean, I was interning at Riverbend, so they de- denied me. Mm-hmm. And then I went to this all-white festival that they do in Chattanooga. I'm mm-hmm. like the only black person, and they like for the black night. How'd you get this? I'm sitting in the room, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting on the white side, right? So they looking at you like they look at me like how did this nigga? <laughs> and then after the after the joint, the guy was like, um, "Hey, you still want to interview? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you still want to intern?" I'm like, "Nah, my nigga, I'm I'm moving to Atlanta, nigga." So, I got I got curved too trying to be an intern, but how I ended up getting in is uh, I ended up they some some something happened where Mix couldn't do a party for them, mm. so they had to come to me. So I go do the party, smash time, and they like oh, but they still they still was kind of keeping me at arm's length because you know they 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 know what they know mm-hmm. or whatever. What happened was what they didn't know uh, is I had. You know, friends, I I was real smart about using the internet early, mm-hmm. and I made a gang of connections to like all sorts of people. And what started happening, it was people that they used to deal with from the label side. They would come into Chattanooga, and they'd be like, "Where's Wally? Where's Wally? Wow!" They, and you know, and then one one day I got a call. It's like, "Why do all these people know you?" <laughs> I'm like. Shh. Cause I'm the shit. I'm working. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to make it happen. I'm telling you. I've, I've been trying to I've tell been you. Trying this. to tell you this. You know what I'm saying? Now mm-hmm. I gotta charge you. Yeah, but you know, eventually we ended up working it out, and we, you know, we had a, a a really long and fruitful relationship. So right. So you got on the radio station. I remember that was like, my introduction to Wally. So I never met you, but when being an intern at one on one, 
um, every time I used to be with a promotional company called Fly Major with DJ Crisis, and um, every time we would come through chat, he would always say that you go through chat, you go on the radio, you you turn on the radio, you're going to hear Wally Sparks. Mm-hmm. So when I think I first heard one of your mixes um, going through chat because, you know, coming from Nashville, coming from Nashville to Atlanta, you got to go through chat. Right. So I turn on the radio. I'm like, oh, my God, who is this? <laughs> and then I crazy. think at the time... Um, I think you had. I think Big Crit just had kind of came on the scene, right. and yeah. then that situation happened. So with that situation, how did that situation happen? So I met Crit when he was uh, eighteen or nineteen. Mm-hmm. I met him. Uh, I actually I didn't meet him. I, I was introduced to him by a colleague named DJ Folk, uh-huh. and Folk sent me. Uh, he sent me like a, a rough version of one of Crit's songs called "I Just Touched Down." They ended up uh, being on the uh, Crazy Zero Project. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And first time I heard it, I was like, yo, this is the greatest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So after that, I went I went and sought him out on MySpace, and I eventually found him on MySpace and sent him like a message. It was like, yo, I fuck with your shit. Um, let me know whatever it is I can do to help, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we just started building a relationship from, from then. I mean, you know, that's my brother. Like, that's like I literally got off the phone with him probably about maybe about 30 minutes before I got here. Mm-hmm. That's so dope. So, I mean, that's we've been rocking ever since. So y'all went on, so, I mean, from the MySpace, because I remember that too. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Jazzy, like I remember, I remember, I think you telling me, like, I, Probably. If I'm not mistaken, like, it's yo, probably. this is a nigga named Crit. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you ain't no Crit. Like, and I remember at the time when I heard him, and I felt the same way. It was like, oh, this is a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it, it, wasn't, like it wasn't like anything that was happening at the time. Right. Like, this was like 06. It was late, snap 05. era. The yeah, snap era was snap tough, 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 heavy. And this shit, this shit sounded like real music, mm-hmm. like real rapping and real music. Even back then, that had me amped up. It sounded like the stuff I grew up on, and it still sounded fresh and new at the same time. So that that's what made me so excited that it didn't sound it didn't sound dated. Mm-hmm. It sounded like the it sounded like it was influenced from something prior, but it sounded brand new. Mm-hmm. At so the like same time. It, for the people that don't know, you went on a road with him for a while, yeah, and then you took a step back. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a son, you married now, and you fast forward to create music right now. Like, how do you feel like the progression? Why hasn't he? made that leap and crossed over to the other side because well, the music is still there yeah you I can't mean, the deny mu- the music the music has never been a problem it's a number of things it could have been you know i don't want to say poor decisions but decisions that could have been you know made differently uh-huh. that uh from the label side uh mm-hmm. right there was uh there was a serious lack of of label support when he was in that system right that that kind of didn't help it that didn't help anything you know what I'm saying, uh-huh. and then you know, uh, Crit as a person, he's a he's a a real laid back dude. Sometimes, sometimes, not wanting to be in the spotlight like mm-hmm. that, being fine. You know, I you know he he put himself in a position where he was uh, able to take care of himself and his family. That might have been enough for him. Right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying, right, right? Or you know, it could be just him. Just wanted to fall back and just and just make music. Right. Focus on the music. That's the thing. That's the thing that 
that drives him the most. Absolutely. Is making the music. music. Yeah, yeah. That's he don't what... really want to deal with the business. He just wanted to just make the music. Yeah, I had him on a show um, not too long ago. He actually was my first interview here in Atlanta. And he was saying, like, um, the business side he wasn't really just fond of. He would let other people handle it. He said it was at one point that he was getting spins on the radio and his shit wasn't even registered. He found out and he was like, come on, man. I, why is my shit not registered? Just, right. You know? And um, I but had to, he, I had to hip him all that. Like, yeah. I was the person mm-hmm. that told him, like, I, I would find out. I would hear something on the radio, like, yo, man, you know, has your song been registered to BDS and Media mm-hmm. Base, all this sort of thing. He'd be like, what does that mean? Yep. I explained to That's him what, what he was said. going on. You know what I mean? Like, so. so. But now he's he in a good space, though, baby. Yeah, he's in a great space now. He had you know, that night, he had a sold out show at the Tabernacle. It was crazy. He brought sold Lord out. out. You ain't got to yeah. worry about Listen, Crit in the South, mm-hmm. he's going to sell out every. He's going to sell out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Every oh in, in New York and all that yeah, too. I okay. mean that okay. last the last tour for the last album he did. I'm happy for that. He did, I think he did like thirty plus dates. Yeah, that's dope. Sold them all out. That's dope. That's I mean, dope. and I I know that just from my time on the road with him. Like this, it's the that's never gonna be a problem. Like mm-hmm. he's got a core fan base that's all that's that's always going to rock with him. Of course. So and now it's just now it's just for the people who you know who aren't familiar. It's mm-hmm. now it's just on them to get familiar. So what made you want to leave Chad and transition to Atlanta? I think I I hit my ceiling mm-hmm. in Chattanooga. There was only so much I could do, and my my ambition was bigger than where my hometown. I, it got to a point that I left I left I left Chat because of Crit. Okay. Because we were traveling. Uh, when we when I started traveling with him, I was still living in Chattanooga, and it was just um uh, and we would when we would travel, it was easier for me to travel out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I was like. Man, this don't make no sense of me just driving back and forth just to travel. I might as well just come down here. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, at the time, I was like, it I was just you and your, it was just you and your wife, right? Mm-hmm. At the time, yeah, at so the you time, didn't have a, you didn't, your no son children, wasn't born. Yeah. So it was an easy transition. Yeah, actually, she was pregnant with him when we moved. Uh, ah, okay. So it was a rough moved. transition. <laughs> kind of, in, in a way, in a way, but you know, we got through it. And then when I got here, I realized, I realized I probably should, I probably should have come here ten years prior. Mm. How was the DJ scene when you came? It's pretty much like it is now. I mean, there's not not much has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to learn how to get in where you fit in. I I will say that it was a uh, it was but, some dope dope DJs that was heavy that had parties rocking rocking. It right, wasn't right, just right. like a one you know you go to this party is rocking, um, but then you go to this party is dead. Everything was rocking. You feel like it's oversaturated with DJs? Like, I mean, that's like, any, I mean, any, because any large market is going to be like that. Yeah. It's going to be, you're going to have an oversaturation of DJs and rappers and managers and makeup artists and stylists <laughs> and PR people. Keep going. Anytime you're in a major keep market going, like keep that. Keep going. Keep going. It's more. Gonna, you know what I'm <laughs> it's more. <laughs> it's always going to be oversaturated like it's that. It's more. But I was going to say, like, uh, when I got here, it was, uh, for me, it was like starting over. Cause I I went from being a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. Wow! It, 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 you know how it, it, when, when I know exactly. People say uh like uh the college, like the high school athlete that plays football. Yeah. He's like Mr. Basketball or Mr. Football or whatever. Mm-hmm. He gets to he gets to college and everybody's as fast as he is. Mm-hmm. And then he stands out in college and he's like you know Heisman Trophy winner. Blah blah blah. Then he gets into the, the NFL and mm-hmm. and everybody's still just as fast as he is. Right. That's what happened to me when I got here. So I had to start. I had to start over. I had to literally start over. It was a it was a, a a real good lesson in humility. You know what I mean. I had to humble myself and be mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I got this is what I got to do. I got to take these gigs. I got to go back to I got to go back to uh, negotiating over two hundred dollars 
You know right. what I'm saying? I had right. to do all that again. Yeah. You know, yeah. I had to go through that whole process. You had to remind yourself again. who you were. And this is after I've tra- this is after I've traveled all around the world. Facts. So you rapper. like at this That's... point, look, man, I done did what I did. Right. Shit. Right. <laughs> but they don't care. They don't care nothing about that. They don't care about here. It's all about relationships in this shit. Like, that's what you have to remember. Like, my, my bad. But go no, ahead. that's good. No, this is all problems. When I moved here, I, I wasn't really in the scene because I was still traveling on the road. I was mm-hmm. still doing the tour thing. So when I decided, when I finally got off the road, I had to, and tried to assimilate myself into the scene. That's when I ran into those problems. I'm like, man, what, what the fuck am I going to do? And I just started putting my, you know, feet to the pavement and, and made it happen. And like now you you one of the few people that do some dope ass shit in here in Atlanta. Um, talk about what you what you got going on here in Atlanta. You know, every time I come out and see you spin, it's always a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I keep you know, hearing I, so I many be, things about the groove. I, I haven't been. You were supposed to take me. It's my fault. <sighs> Listen, I was gonna take her one night, right? And I know how the groove can be like super packed. I'm like, I don't want I knew you at this time you was probably already <laughs> spinning. I was like, I don't wanna hit him now. Like Wally, can you t- you know, I whatever, was trying whatever. to be up in it because I hear it, I said, it from man, everybody. The groove, said, Jazzy, the groove. the groove. I'm like, do they party, party? They like, yes, they party, they no, dance, a, they do this. Party. It's a real party. So yeah. when Puff was talking about niggas don't dance in Atlanta, everybody kept saying, you got to come to the groove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They going to dance. They going to party. They going to sweat. Everybody's gonna, There's no fights. There's good vibes. Yeah. I mean, you don't play no rap music. Yeah. That's the whole, that's, that's, that's You don't play R&B. no rap music. No rap music at all. Straight up R&B the whole time. The whole time. I didn't know Damn. that. I didn't know See that. that. Yeah, that's 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 what makes the party the party. I think. Okay. Like, so the groove is a is a party that I started and uh, I started doing it by myself in 2015 and in 2016 I, I partnered up with um, Work Crew. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they do a lot of real fly shit in mm-hmm. in Atlanta, like off the beaten path type shit, mm-hmm. like real, really, really fly shit. Anyway, the groove is a. Uh, is a, a party concept that I came up when I was when I had to I had to I as saying I had to humble myself I had to go get a job I was working at Enterprise I was working at Enterprise I was one of the dudes in the back washing the cars and shit Wow and keep in mind I'm 37 years old when I took this job mm-hmm. and I, I remember I it just I just I just been on tour I've been on Conan O'Brien and fucking Jimmy Fallon yeah and 106 Park yeah and Fuse T- I've been all over television mm-hmm. I've been Paris, London, everywhere, all this stuff, and I had to, I had to come home and get a fucking job. Mm-hmm. And at this time, so, I'm working at Enterprise too. Yeah. So I'm working at. That's when I first moved to. That's my transition to Atlanta. And I I hit bro up. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Whatever. He's like, I'm working at Enterprise. I'm like, nigga, I'm working at Enterprise. Nigga, what the fuck going on? Like, <laughs> that's we, such a humbling experience. Yeah, and man. I know we both nice though. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, I know. I recently had that happen to me um, when I took a job um, at Magianos. Yeah. And it's just it's just one of those things where you you know your worth, you know you dope, and you just trying to figure it out. You gotta and be willing to put that. What's work some in. what's some advice you can give to those DJs that's transitioning to like maybe another city or just another avenue where they may have to do some shit that they don't want to do, but they gotta they gotta eat, they gotta feed their family. You gotta be willing to do it. You gotta be willing to put the work in. If that's the work that's necessary to get you to where you want to go, you gotta do it. Mm-hmm. That's straight up. That's that's straight to the point like if you are in a position where the thing that you want to do cannot accommodate your your lifestyle or your family's lifestyle or whoever you need to take care of whether it be yourself your significant other your 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 child or whatever and you have to 
do something that you necessarily don't want to do in order to, you know, make those things happen. You just got to do it. You got to mm-hmm. you got to suck it up, you know, take the embarrassment, swallow your fucking pride and do it. And do yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? That's a big thing. That Isn't pride, man. That pride. That, is... that, that person that, that see you at your job. Like, oh, man, I just seen you. I think or you ain't doing this. So rough, though. Like for us, I think it's like it's super rough. Like it's. We can be super prideful, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, like to the highest level. Mm-hmm. What would you What would you tell the younger Wally though? What would um, you What would you tell young Wally? Say yes more. Say no less. You know what I'm saying. Take advantage of the opportunities that you have when you when you have them. Don't be as lazy as you were back then, thinking you got to think you got a good thing because you know you're able to pay rent on your own. Facts. You know what I'm saying. Facts. Off of DJing, don't take that for granted. Just put you know, do some work. You know, do some do some work to make sure that you can continue to live this way yeah. or improve it. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's what I would that's what I would tell the younger version of myself. What inspires you? Man, many things. The the cliche answer is music, but, <laughs> but it's, it's true though. It's true. No, it's, it's true. true. It's true. It's it's one hundred percent true. Do you hear any new artists right now like that like that moves you or like well, there are people I like. There's no, there's no one that that, that makes me feel like there's, that they're game changing. No, there's no one. There's no one. There hasn't been anybody since I met Crit that made me feel like there was that. This and it doesn't have to be rap, though. It doesn't have to be rap. No, yeah, so. I get it. But there are people. There are people I like. Like, um, I like Deontay Hitchcock. Oh my god. I'm so glad Wally said that. Shout out to my boy Deontay Hitchcock. Like he up next, I promise you. Yeah. Deontay is nice. I like Rhapsody. Ooh. I like uh, to Raps. this woman named Alina. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Oh, Baraz. Yeah, Baraz. Yeah, she, she I thought really it was Baraz, but yeah. I don't. I don't even. I, no, she, I like her. What you gonna say, Alina? Nice. AB. Yeah, AB. <laughs> shout out to you, AB. <laughs> but um, there are people. I mean, there are quite a few people that I just I like. You know what I mean? I've I've gotten to the point and where I don't. Uh, I used to be. I used to be a fiend to seeking out new music. Uh-huh. I've been doing this shit so long, I just don't give a fuck about that shit no more. I just let it find me. He know this is a DJ's job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we well, enjoy breaking records. Mm-hmm. So he made a statement. that's like you said, you don't really you let the music find you. Yeah, so I like, mean, why I, did you get to that? Like, how did you get to that point? And why do you feel that way? Because I still get enjoyment out of like I remember. He, I remember. No, I remember. I remember. I, I want to say this. I remember Sheck West, Sheck West, and Flip De Niro opened up for us in New York. Right, I remember that. Vividly, we had SOBs, they opened up for us. And I remember telling my man, uh, B Mims, I'm like, yo, them two niggas up next. Tell you, he'll tell you that. Like right. I said that. Then, and then, we in New York, so of course. Yeah. So I got enjoyment out of that. Like, oh, I'm playing they shit, period. Right. So what made you so, feel like, like what, what, why now you say that? Now, music discovery, I still, I still, you know, I st- I'm still fond of music discovery. Like, if I find a new song that I haven't heard before, and it's something that I like. I'm like, oh, shit, this is great. Even if it's like three or four years old and I might have missed it. You right. know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, that's right. great. What I don't what I don't enjoy is having to seek the stuff out, being Ooh. like being being ahead of the curve. Right. Like, that was that was my whole thing back in the day. Like, you know, when I, uh, I always wanted to be the guy that was ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Right. Now I don't care. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if it's good, it, if it's good, I'll get to it. 
You'll get whenever to it. I You'll get hear to it. it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because if it's good, I mean, the cream rises to the top no matter what. Are you still playing R. Kelly? No. I stopped playing R. Kelly a while ago. What about Michael Jackson? I mean, I... <laughs> 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 Niggas say I'm not. <laughs> it's so tough not to play Michael. Because hey, all the bullshit going on with him is... I haven't watched, I haven't watched that documentary. So you got to watch it. It's disturbing. You got to watch it. Really? And not even saying that he did it or he didn't do it. It's just, I would just say it's disturbing to watch, especially as a huge Michael fan. It's disturbing. Right. Some radio stations has already made the decision to pull his music, while other radio stations, you got people in London that's protesting, saying, yo, if you don't play Michael, we're not going to listen to you all together. Facts. You Facts. know. Wow. People are fucked up. That's about all I got to say about it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Does it, does it, you feel like that take away from the artistry, though? I want to know your thoughts on that. People are uh, really careful to say that they don't want to, they, they don't want to separate the man from his art mm-hmm. but my feeling is you know you can't really you can't really separate the two because the man is his art so what you're saying is if you support him you're supporting his art i, I mean you can't really separate the two i mean look hitler was a genius he was also a very very fucked up person exactly right? <laughs> you know what i'm saying but i feel like nick but with art i hate to keep going back to art killer but i feel like everybody knew that he was talking to somebody younger than him and and you still played the records that's true and Let's now, fa- now, now we fast forward. That. Now we fast forward years later. Everybody want to change their mind. Yeah, everybody want to say like, and I'm sticking with just Aaliyah. <laughs> I'm not even talking about the other people. People may have a guilty conscience, man. There it is. You know what I'm saying? There like, like maybe, maybe what what was my role in enabling them to do all this by supporting his art? Me, maybe me supporting his art enabled them to do all these fucked up things. That's true. So now he made AJ number number. You know, <laughs> he did make AJ. Yeah, you know I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like he was hiding in plain sight. What yeah. is Wallet Sparks listening to right now right in the now, wheel? Wallet, go to your phone. When you pulled up, what was the last played? I was listening to a podcast, but I'm going to listen to. Him. I'm going. It's a pro wrestling podcast, actually. Okay, <laughs> but I'm uh, I'm gonna go look and what see what the last song is I played. Was uh, I just got to have you by Kashif. Oh, my boy's different. He's different. I listen to old shit. Wally's not playing around. Mm -mm. I listen to everything, bro. Wally, share one of the coolest moments you done had thus far. My boy's different. Oh, man. One of the the coolest things I've ever been able to do. I was backstage and uh, we were doing a show in Minneapolis and I was backstage rolling up, getting ready to burn. Do not say Prince. No, I wouldn't him. Okay, cool. If you're going to say Prince, I was going to say, all right, everybody, the interview's over. Yo, I saw Prince in Chattanooga. That's dope. At the bay, of at all, the bay, at the bay of all places, it's crazy. It was that was that was a crazy night, crazy. But you was DJing. I was I was DJing until he got there, and I had to come off. And his DJ got on. Uh, nah, he just went. He was. It was. It was I say I, did, I don't think Prince had a DJ. Did nah, he? Not, he? not 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 back then. This nah, was in, this DJ. was in like ninety eight or ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, he had just did a show uh, at the Memorial Auditorium, and he was you know Prince was notorious for just like popping up places or right, whatever. Right. So they would. He had chosen the bay as like, well, I may, I may go do it over there. And they had everything set up. They had everything set up for him this to come is play. Nineteen ninety eight. Mm-hmm. They had everything for him to come set up. They had the whole, had his whole, his whole full production on the stage. Everything just for him to come in and start playing if he wanted to. Right. And I was DJing. I was DJing at the bay. Um. And 
the DJ booth was like right next to a room that had a pool table in it, uh-huh. right? So um, I could see in the room right, what, right. Was, what was going on. So I'm in there doing my thing, uh, whatever, and it's about, by this time, it's like 2.30, 2.45 in the morning, and everybody's waiting on him to show up. He finally shows up. So you DJing the whole night, yeah. and then it's 2.30, 3, yeah. 3.30 in I the morning. I left the concert, went straight to there, started DJing. Right. And I, I was probably DJing from probably about 9.30 until that point. He he comes in the back door, the side door, walks out on the stage. You see him. I see him. I see him when he came. I see him when he walked in the door. My size. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for real. He's, he's about your size, for real. No, no gas. He walked in, and that side door. There's a ramp. Was he pretty cool in. though? He was. was I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't get that close to him. Okay, okay. I wasn't that close to him. I could just see him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was. He was probably. I was probably about thirty feet away from him. Okay. So he came in, walked up the stage, walked on, walked on the stage. Everybody's screaming. It's because it's fucking Prince. You know what I'm saying? Right. He looks around, smiles, waves. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't say a word. Just waves. That's it. <laughs> Walks off the stage, goes in there where that, where that pool table is, shoots like two games of pool, leaves. A fucking Prince story. We get a Prince story. But so that, wasn't, to, even, that back, wasn't even what I was about to say. I was like, yeah, that wasn't even, that's like, that's by that's the way. Bonus. <laughs> that's yeah. like, by the way, we go. This, that was cool, but this was cool to me. This uh, was real cool to me. I was, uh, I, we went to Minneapolis after the show, and I was sitting in there rolling up a blunt or whatever. I'm sitting at a table by myself. And I get a tap on the shoulder and say, hey, man, man, you mind if I join you? I look up, it's Devin the Dude. Devin wow. the Dude. So we sat, me and Devin the Dude sat there, broke up some weed, rolled it up, smoked a blunt together. That's cool. That's one of the coolest things that ever happened to me. That's so dope. That's dope. Yo, so I'm going to tell you about, I, I forgot about this story until you said that. Mm-hmm. So we on the road, right? We in fucking, somewhere in North Carolina, right? We outside a hotel. The young boys, they outside of the hotel, they like rolling up. So if we walk out, I tell my homie, he my age. So I'm like. Nigga, that's uh, JoJo, Casey and JoJo. <laughs> <laughs> they right that. there. like You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. We finna go ahead and go to the Sprinter. So the young boys get to smoking outside the joint. I think it was Casey. Walked up. He was like, yo, y'all mind if we smoke the blunt? And the young nigga's like, nigga, old nigga, who are you? I'm like, nigga, pass this nigga the blunt. Oh, man. Hurry up. I'm like, I'm tapping him like, bro, pass him the blunt. Hurry up and pass this man the Give him the blunt. And so he Ooh, yeah. so look, he pulls on it. <laughs> look, he pull he pull on it like once or twice and start coughing. Like, y'all young niggas smoking that new shit. <laughs> on that, on that so rapper his weed. Manager came and like, he's come on, on that bro. rapper weed. Yeah, he's on that rapper weed right now. <laughs> like, come, great. On, come on, come on, come on, come on. But uh now that was a that was a dope ass experience. I for, I totally forgot about that until you said that. But shout out to Devin the dude, Casey and JoJo, man. Yo, Devin is like the most personable person I've ever met. I can believe I can, it. I can see I can see why. He's been able to stay in the game as long as he has. Mm. Like that that is like the most regular nigga ever. Straight up. That nigga only, only thing that nigga be really be wanting is like a can of you know, a can of Budweiser and, and some weed. That's that's literally it. Can't get no nigga than that. So what's next for Wally? He got the groove. What else you do? So tell the people what else like what else do you do besides the groove here I in do, Atlanta? I do that. I have another party called Flavor that I mentioned earlier. Okay. Um I play at this uh I play at this little small dive bar, a lot called L Bar. Okay. Shout out to L Bar. Yo, L Bar is my favorite place. That's to a DJ. vibe. Yeah. It's, it's that's, a they got vibe. a sign that says what? No request. No request. <laughs> As a DJ, ever. we love that shit, oh, right, Jazz? Soon we see it, we walk in like, oh, oh yeah. Shit. It's about to be know. one of them yeah. nights. So nobody can <laughs> come to the DJ place. booth, you can't request shit at the DJ booth. But mm-hmm. I love that place, man. You can so tell. you got, hold on, you got L Bar. 
Oh, well, RB some lyrics. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, talk about the I Jack. Forgot, I forgot about that. Jack That's Honey a, event. I uh, I tour with a, a a traveling art show called RB and Lyrics. Uh, that's sponsored by Jack Honey. We do maybe uh eight to ten shows a year. We go we go all over the country, and it's really cool, man. Basically, what we do is we take uh take like a pop up. We make a pop up museum. We go in like a like a not a regular space like right. just you know and which, we'll find, and, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll take and we'll put a museum in it right and then we have party in it yeah so we'll go into a club and put all this crazy art up like these like full-on art exhibitions like full-on displays and then we did when we did it uh here last we did it in, in uh at Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. So, hey, man. <laughs> 5, thanks 000, for inviting me. 5,000 other people got to invite. What was you? Oh, shit. I don't know where <laughs> I was at. <laughs> so, how, Super Bowl? how often no, is no, um, The Groove and Flavor? Uh, they're both once a month. Flavor's okay. on the second Friday of every month, and The Groove is on the fourth Friday of every month. So, if you're in, in the Atlanta area and you want to party for real, for real, come see me. Pull up. There it is. There it is. Wally Sparks, OG Wally. OG Wally. Appreciate it, Wally. And before you get up out of here, Wally, we got to drop them handles. How can people follow you, follow the movement and all of that? Everything is at DJ Wally Sparks. At DJ W-A-L-L-Y-S-P-A-R-K-S. If you want to follow the parties, you can follow the Groove at the Groove ATL. Uh, You can log on to thegrooveatl.com, see pictures, video. Here's some of my sets and some of the other DJ sets from the party. Uh, It's all available on the website. For flavor, you can go to uh, at you got flavor on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook. Same, you got flavor.com. You can see all that. Same thing, you know. There it is. There it is. Another great episode of Jazzy and Facts on Wax. It's fun. 